Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Bring them The championship run deep in our vein. The entertainment rolling real cause it's all in the game. To us, you know, around the city doing it better than this. Just say look at this. You can look around who better than this. Nobody. Who your team, the Blazers, the Knicks, the Wizards, the Clippers, the Patriots, the Cowboys, Clippers, Tigers, the Chickens. USC, Gamecock, Shamrock, know what it is, man. Triple left a new podcast. Just join the game plan. Come on, come on. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your host Zay, Young Vander, and Bro Joe. Welcome back, good people. It's the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast, your favorite podcast brought to you by Manscaped. I'm your host, Zay. We got the full crew for you this week. Young Vander, holla at the people. Fantasy Fiends, what's going on out there? Bro Joe, he in the building this week. Holla at the people, bro. What's going on, Fantasy Fiend family? Let's go. Yo, we got a great show for you today. News and notes that you can use. Fantasy Fix AFC South Edition. And we're also going to give you a little bit more that tells from a dynasty. Full show. You're going to love it. Can't wait to get started. Let's go with your news. And now your fantasy news. All right, good people. So not a whole lot, by the way, of news this week, but a few things that could be uh, fantasy relevant, just depending on whether or not people are telling the truth, which is kind of difficult to ascertain during this time of the year in many cases. But first up, let's go with our quarterbacks. Desmond Ritter has been named the starting quarterback for Atlanta. Not exactly sure why it is Atlanta felt the need to name a starting quarterback in March, but um, they are naming Desmond Ritter as their guy going into this coming year so does that help her doesn't change anything what does this do for Atlanta going into this coming season and also what does it do for your Londons of the world and the pits of the world Um, is this gonna be a net negative positive kind of keeps things where they are what we got I'm just confused on like why is this a surprise who else is gonna be the starter He's going to turn around and draft another quarterback this year. So Right, that's know. why I was, I was confused. Like, <laughs> what, what, what we, yeah, he is your quarterback. Like We knew that when you drafted him last year. What, what are we talking about right yeah, now? Yeah, I don't even know why this is even a topic. But as far as what it does for the other pass catchers, I mean, everything I think pretty much remains the same. We was hoping that last year he would have played earlier and maybe uh, Pitt's owners was hoping he would get in there and unlock him. You know, for his slow start last year, but that didn't never happen. So maybe one full offseason, he'd get a rapport with some of the starters, you know, the Londons and things of that nature. And it's, it's been high hopes for him. So let's just see what it takes. But I'm not, I don't know what this press is about. Like, why come out and say that? And I'm thinking it may have something to do with these owners' meetings and everything that's going on. You know, the, the media gets out there and they just try to get sound bites and stuff like that, which is the same frame of mind that this next topic puts me in. Quarterback Jordan Love, his coach, Matt LaFleur, and he was at the annual league meeting as well uh, this past Tuesday. He said it's going to be a progression as the Packers move from Aaron Rodgers to Love at quarterback. Another one of those, yeah, you don't say. But is this his way of saying, well, we're going to kind of revert back to the run game, which he actually loves as a coach? And we're not going to necessarily put Jordan Love in the same situations as we would have Aaron Rodgers? Or what exactly do we have going here? I definitely think LaFleur get back to his roots. You know, a lot of people are probably not aware as far as watching the Packers offense the last couple of years with Aaron Rodgers at the helm. But, you know, he's more of a running style coach. So with Jordan Love being now, look like he's going to be the guy that's inserted. They'll get back to that. So, you know, maybe this will be the year. Maybe people are a year early on A.J. Dillon. So maybe this will be the year that you'll get a chance to actually see him break out now that they have a new quarterback at play. Justin Herbert is in extension talks. So this could be a great thing for several of the quarterbacks out there that are looking at getting contracts because I see Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, and Lamar Jackson kind of being 1A, 1B, 1C as far as these contracts are going to be concerned. Now that we have another, you know, young gunner, if you will, coming up 
with less accolades than one Mr. Lamar Jackson. Numbers are being thrown around for this guy. You think it might actually make more sense for Lamar to hold off a second and maybe let Herbert get a contract so that way there's something else for comparison's sake? Because I think they're going to end up breaking the bank for Herbert and Burrow. Now, this one's going to be pretty interesting. I mean, everybody knows that Cincinnati has a reputation of being extremely cheap. Can, you be, can you be cheap with Burrow? I think it's actually going to work in Lamar's favor to fall back and let these guys get paid because now thinking. he can say, hey, see, look at that. Look at that guaranteed money. Right now, it's like with him being the the guy and pretty much the poster boy right now as far as this whole guaranteed money thing. And all, it looks like all these owners are sticking together. We're going to really see now just how – you know, how they're sticking together, you know, how hard this thing really going to go. And once you see that number on Herbert's contract, it's really going to show other teams and also give Lamar Jackson a negotiating, you know, tool to say, okay, well, this guy got 180 or this guy got two. How close y'all going to get to Watson? You know, I'd rather let Herbert go in front of him for two reasons. Number one, he can use that as a negotiating tool. And for number two, this is a Caucasian quarterback. So now we're about to really see what is it about. You know what I'm saying? Is it about the level of play? Is it about, you know, the skin color, the quarterback, things of that nature? Like, I think it's really good to let that guy go in front now and let them set that new mark as far as the guaranteed money. And then now we can negotiate from there. Also, a comparison of accolades. Herbert hasn't done anything. So if he gets X dollar, you owe me more than that just based on my winning percentage and right. the fact that I was the MVP. That's the kind of direction I'm kind of leading in. What you got on this one, Joe? This is actually really good for Hertz and Burrow more so than anything. I think, you know, with the how they did Josh Allen deal with the Bills, I think it's going to be similar too. I think we got to kind of look at Murray and Watson at the time as outliers. Like people pulled the trigger. They paid all this money. Owners like, now nah, we're not paying that. And now we've seen the deals defaulted with Daniel Jones, for example. Daniel Jones deal, relatively inexpensive. They can move on from two years. I don't think the guarantees are going to be that high. Seeing as though I think the formula for what the Chiefs did and what the Bills did, these longer deals, front-loading tons of this guaranteed money, but having the ability to come back and add extensions, added additional money to the contracts, that kind of verbiage I think is going to play well for the NFL as a whole. There's no way you, you can give somebody this many guarantees affordably. I mean, we've seen, uh, you know, that compromise made by the Cardinals and the Browns. But that again, I think those are outliers. I think more in line with Josh Allen, Mahomes deals where they're elongated, front loaded. And then they have the ability, the cap ability to really help out and build out a team. Or what we're going to see with Burrow, Herbert and even Jalen Hurts. Yeah, real quick, though, I know that's what I think Lamar should have done. You kind of made a little inkling to it where everybody chasing that 250. I wouldn't look at that number. I would look at the per year number and I would maybe, like you say, get a shorter contract and then be able to go back to the well in a couple of years. Because a guy like Lamar is 26 years old. So at the age of 29, you still can get a big payday. Give me 55 million a year for three years, fully guaranteed. You know what I mean? Put me at about, what, 165. You know what I'm saying? 165, fully guaranteed. I get 55 a year. Boom. Three years from now, I'm back at them. Let's do it again. You kind of like, don't play the long game, play the shorter game, but play it with the fully guaranteed front-loaded, like kind of like Joe said, but shorten the contract. Because a lot of these front-loaded contracts be longer contracts, but the money be in the front. No, we're going to do short contract, big money, boom, boom, and then I'm going to see you again in three years, let my play do well, and then I'm going to come back again, hit you again when this, this number will go up in three years. The number's going to be crazy. So we would try it again in three years. I think that's where Cousins kind of figured out with his situation where yep. he was he was he hitting them for maximize. You know, right. He was hitting them for big money in short in a short period of time, but he was still young enough when he came back time. Guess what? I'm here again, guys. Hey, because think about it. Cousins is not that old, and it seemed like he's on his like fourth contract. Seemed like, like, yep. was like <laughs> he took he, he had like three years of the tag or something like that, where he he got a ridiculous amount of money just by taking the tag. They had to average your salary out to one of the highest paid at that position whenever you got tagged anyway. So right, but then he, he also did a short for. contract too, though after the tag. He's like, yeah, this three year. Was it two? Boom. Was it two or three? But it was like a, a high contract. And I think that's what Lamar should have done. Like, don't look at that big number. I know everybody want to get the fully guaranteed that 250 sounds good, but get the, the 165 but for three years and then come back again and make them pay you another 165 for three more years. So now you think about it. 
in a six year time, you probably got 300 million guaranteed. Oh, you see what I'm saying? Now that make a whole lot more sense. Like, yeah, I made more money than y'all guys did in this period of time. But you look at that fully guaranteed number and it looked good. But you know what I mean? That's how I would have played it. Another quarterback situation here. We have Trey Lance and Brock Purdy. Again, these are stories that don't need to be told, but they are. Uh, these are uh, league meetings are interesting because it, it props up all kind of storylines and things of that nature that we never really even thought to talk about prior to. Brock Purdy is number one in the lead as far as the quarterback competition that hasn't started that will start months from now. So again, I don't exactly know why they need to name a guy right now, but Brock Purdy has been named that guy barring Trey Lance's uh, maturation process kind of uh, catching up to where they thought he may be going into this year. Also, a little bit of scuttlebutt, there are a few teams that may be interested in one Trey Lance's services if Brock Purdy is going to be the one versus San Francisco, kind of keeping him as a backup and not getting much back at all on the draft capital that they had to give up to draft Lance. They ended up in an even more advantageous position than what the uh, Washington Commanders ended up in a few years ago where they where they drafted Cousins and um, RG3. It's a similar situation, although Lance's injury isn't, you know, a career ending one the way RG3's was. You're in a situation where you drafted a quarterback early, drafted a quarterback a little bit later, and the one that you drafted a little bit later ends up being the one that works out best for you. So do we see Lance continuing to be a part of this team, or are they going to try to get something back for him? I know they're basically saying if Purdy can get back from this injury, which, Vander, you spoke to a few weeks ago, the fact that it took him like a month you know, for the swelling to go down enough for him to have the surgery that that could lend itself to him not being a fast healer. So what's going on with your team? I don't think they really know right now. You know, you got all the cards in your hand and you're trying to figure out which one should I play first. It's like playing spades and you went 10. You know what I mean? You're like, okay, how am I going to start this off? <laughs> you know what I mean? You, 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 should I just start you running start spades wrong, early? Yeah, should I start running spades early or should I go to uh, you know one of these other face cards or whatever? So I think it's one of those types of situations. <laughs> if you don't have an ace, though, you see what I'm saying? Like, should I just start running these spades or should I? What does my partner have? You know, it's like, so they got all these cards in their hand. They don't know where to go. It seems like you want to give Trey Lance the opportunity because you spent so much draft capital to draft him. But at the same time, you see Purdy came out of nowhere playing lights out. I think the, the rest of the team has bought into him. And that's another thing as well. The other players, right? Ayuk, a guy like Ayuk had his best season ever with Purdy at quarterback. You know what a I mean? A guy like Kittle actually looked like he, he got unlocked. Yeah, yeah. He, un he got unlocked with a guy like Purdy at quarterback. So these guys also going to have a say-so or feel a way about it. Right now, I think they just, you know, just hold on all their cards and see if anyone else comes calling. But in my opinion, I think one of these guys, and it's probably going to be Lance, will probably end up in Miami when it's all said and done because he'll probably end up with a with a guy that's used to him that was there when he was there. Their quarterback will probably on the way out. The sense. three teams that were thrown out there <clears throat> was Miami, Washington, and what was the third team? Uh, Titans. The Titans. That was the third team. So, well, two um, of them make sense. I mean, the teams I think that make sense is like roughly would be would, would you know not considering the draft that's coming up. Titans, Jets, Miami, and Texans. Because those are guys that all come from San Fran. But being that the Texans are number two in the draft, they're going to grab their guy this year. Being that the Jets are going dancing with Aaron Rodgers, they're probably going to buy and get their guy. If that works out in Miami, again, a fifth-year option for Tua. If that doesn't work out, then he'll probably be the option. But as far as Washington, I don't, I'm not sure where that's coming from. Javante Williams is making strides in rehab. So it looks like the running back is going to be available at the beginning of the season. Not exactly sure if he'll be available week one just yet, but it does look like he is progressing um, the way he should be. Do we feel like this is going to be one of those, you know, hey, caution, but don't let him get away from you if he's on your team, like a dynasty situation. But if you're in a redraft situation, it's going to be one of those, hey, it may take him a few weeks to get in, but don't sell him on the cheap. Like, Or is it going to take him a full year and you might not even want to touch him in redraft going into this year because it may be a Dobbins type situation where, you know, the first half of the season, he's not doing much at all. Uh, how, how are we going to be looking at Williams going into this year? With Javante, it's, it's conflicting reports. Like I said, most recently we just heard that he's ready for the beginning of the season. He should be ready. But then you look at how catastrophic that injury was. It looked as bad as Dobbins. 
Me personally, I'm gonna fade him. But if I'm in a position of value and redraft where he just falls there, you know, we looking at something like the fifth or sixth round. I think that's a perfect time to take a flyer on him. I think where he sits in those running backs is a good opportunity. Typically, I would honestly continue to hear more about. It. I think we got to really give it until uh, training camp to really get a full assessment, because then we'll know is he is he is he able to work out yet? Is he doing individuals? What is he doing? It, from that, we can kind of get more of understanding is where he's at. But redraft, I'll probably you know take him where the value is. I wouldn't I wouldn't hold too much to it. Cause I think honestly, it's more closer to Dobbins than it is him being ready for week one. Ezekiel Elliott put together his wish list of teams. Eagles, Jets, and Bengals are the three that made the cut for him. I don't know that it makes sense for the Jets. Maybe the Eagles. I can see the Bengals, even if they don't move on from mixing. They let go of P. Ryan. He would kind of be able to fill in that same sort of a role there. So I can kind of see that working out. The Eagles, eh, I don't know. They kind of have a guy that is a little younger that kind of plays his his same role with Gainwell. They also re-signed Boston Scott. Who else did they have in Philly at running back? I know they let go of Sanders. Did they bring in anybody else? I know they had Trey Sermon. He didn't get any run at all last year. I'm not sure if he was injured or what was going on there. So, you oh, know, maybe no, no, he no, no. would be. They brought in Rashard Penny. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right, yeah, Penny. Yeah. Penny. But yeah. even with Penny being there, though, I don't think that should cancel Zeke. Because Penny, you know, you just never know with him as far as injury is concerned. But the only one that seems like a decent fit without anyone else having to leave is the Bengals, as far as I'm concerned. Y'all see it differently? Mm, I mean, yeah, but the Bengals don't sound like they're interested. I don't know, man. I it think doesn't so. seem like any of the teams on his wish list are, are wishing for him, to be honest he may with be, you. He may be out in the cold. I think he'll be an after-the-draft type of a guy. I, he's not a priority running back anymore. No, not at all. Not at all. Uh, maybe a team like the Texans, being that have a young running back and, um, you know, bringing him in to maybe, you know, behind Pierce. I know they bought in Mike Boone, but I, I like Zeke better than I like Mike Boone. I don't know. Maybe a team like that. Uh, then again, you got a team like the Browns, who's in like this stock holding everybody they can get. So once Kareem Hunt's out of the way, maybe Zeke will be a backup to Nick Chubb or something. Who knows? And uh, But don't forget now, the Texans brought in um, uh, Singletary. Oh, Singletary as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they brought in Boone and Singletary. Yeah, that's right. So, so that that, that may actually kind of cancel them out. I mean, if I'm especially with the amount of draft picks that they have, if if I'm going to have a, a fourth running back, I would probably go you know kind of cheap in the draft if I'm the Texans. Other spots definitely make sense. It, like the rest of this offseason is definitely going to be very intriguing as far as who makes moves prior to the draft versus waiting to kind of see what they can get with the young guys. A lot of these vets that will eventually have jobs may kind of be just kind of waiting out in the wings for a little bit um, until they can see what happens with these young guys. But we'll know within the next, you know, couple of weeks before teams specifically focus on the draft and you're not really going to see very much, you know, activity at all as far as free agency is concerned. But speaking of a free agent signing, Marvin Jones Jr. went back home to Detroit. He signed a one-year deal for three mil. Yeah, I mean, DJ chart replacement, I guess. Not really major, but you could do worse as far as, you know, number two receiver as far as the NFL is concerned. Not number two as far as fantasy, but having the young gun on the outside, having St. Brown in the middle, and then having Marvin Jones as what would be tantamount to your third wide receiver. It's kind of how I'm looking at that filling out. But how you guys feel about that move? I liked it when I heard about it. <clears throat> I think now the Lions uh, bold to me a really great collective receiving group. Let's not forget Josh Reynolds was there, and he came along really well, showing his rapport with jo- with golf from playing with the Rams together. I liked it. I like this for golf. I think it really leads to what they can further address. We don't know what Ben Wright will be, and or if they'll draft a tight end. But you just I like the the assembly of these weapons, especially in this division in particular, where we know what Minnesota is going to do. Uh, we know that the Bears are looking to be more explosive. I think this is a good extra weapon in the dimension for the red zone because we see that was his uh, skill set with that team prior to. So I, I kind of like that move. I like the wide receiver group a lot more, too, for golf. DeAndre Carter signed with the Raiders. Scotty Miller is heading to Atlanta. So Atlanta's kind of signing a, a couple of Jags, if you will. Uh, well, no, I wouldn't put – I put Mac Hollins just above that, but – Scotty Miller is probably be just the guy. <laughs> this one, 
I, I just I'm just like, man, what, what what are we doing at this point? Michael Thomas is not yet 100% healthy. Toe is still injured. I just don't know how he still has a job. I mean, everybody knows somebody at their job that knows how to play HR and FMLA and Cedric and all them people. And Michael Thomas has figured out how to get paid without ever having to work. And I just, I, I don't know. And, and, and it pains me because he's he's one of my Buckeyes, but he, he just can't get right. Michael Thomas has to have a deep, dark secret about the owner. No, like there, there's Something. no way this guy's How still is he down not there. cut yet? Something. I'm, I'm telling you, this dude knows something. Two different coaches. He walked in on he, he walked in on him doing something he had no business doing. Something like there's no way this guy's hanging around. There's no way. I mean, he hasn't. It's like it's about to be about three years since he played. I mean, even though he played a little couple of games, I'm not even counting that this past year. All on the ankle and then a toe. It's like this. He didn't have crazy horrific injuries. You got guys coming back from torn. This, that, Achilles. I've seen guys come from right. torn Achilles. ACLs, Achilles. Like, Achilles like, is like, like one of the worst things to tear in playing. And this dude, ankle. <laughs> oh, and not toe. even a high ankle. Wasn't even a high ankle, though. That's the thing. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, no surgery? I'm just like, bro, what, what's going on? He's like the Kawhi Leonard of uh, the NFL. Or something. Like, <laughs> For real. But he, he, he knows something, I promise you, because there's no way this guy's still hanging around there and, and they haven't released him by now. So, I mean, something's, it, it's something they're not talking about. <laughs> DJ Chark, who is a new Carolina Panther, apparently underwent ankle surgery as of late. So the 26-year-old looks primed to uh, join his new team uh, around OTAs. It doesn't seem like anything that's going to keep him out long term. The term that was used was could be ready for OTA. So that's nothing that I'm really confident in, especially since uh, he's had injury injuries that have kind of kept him at bay in the past. Not someone that I'm, I'm sorry, Carolina, and this is looking at it from just a regular NFL perspective, but I wouldn't depend on him on my real team no more than I would depend on him on a fantasy team, which anybody who's a real fantasy fan, I don't have to tell you that Chark ain't nobody that you need to do anything special to hold on to if you have them. Just something else there. I found it interesting. DeAndre Hopkins has been actually formally given permission for he and his people to seek a trade before it seems like teams were kind of making phone calls to inquire. I'm not sure how much Arizona was participating and actively trying to get him moved, but it looks like he has actually been given permission to seek his own trade, which I guess we'll kind of get to see who's first on his triage list, if you will, coming in the next week or so because it can't hold water so as soon as he reaches out to whomever it's going to be some type of a, a blog or, or story saying hey these are the people that he's reached out to so far and this is you know they either invite him in to have a talk or you know no money was discussed or however that's going to end up working out i'm thinking a deal to get done pretty soon for hawkins being that he's finally you know given permission to kind of go seek his own trade so i think that that's a good sign that things will probably get speed along here of course there have been a couple of teams couple of names the same old teams from before of course the patriots are one of those guys but we'll see i think it's really all going to be about that money a lot of these big time guys is you know he came out and said he wanted an extension after the two years that's left like brother nobody want to pay a 33 year old wide receiver that's that's exactly why so, you asked for it now though because you're not going to get that extension if you're already on the team like yeah, you better ask for it now before they trade for you that's yeah. probably why he's still in arizona right now honestly right. brian edwards reunites with Carr in new orleans really didn't do much in las vegas with them but uh they're back in he's in new orleans with Carr now Rashard Bateman continues to progress. His foot still isn't quite right. How long it's going to take for him to be 100%? There isn't a date quite on that yet, but um, Bateman is another one of those guys that is full of potential, but we're just going to have to see the progression of that injury. What you got on your boy Bateman, Joe? Man, after putting DeCosta on the spot, after uh, him speaking out on the wide receivers he's drafted, 
We would hope that he comes yeah, back that healthy. <laughs> you just you just talk a whole bunch of smack. I don't know, man. He's a, he's a little different. He's, he's I don't want to put him in that Mike Thomas thing just because we just spoke about him. But this injury in particular, I know it's obviously Lynch Frank always uh, varies. We've seen people come back a lot quicker. It's not the San Antonio Holmes type of injury anymore. A lot of these players come back the next season. We're having this conversation near April. You know, OTAs is around June, so we have a few months away. I don't know, man. This somebody who's very explosive somebody who gets in does a lot of cuts who really you know he makes his money off of his feet essentially i i don't know man he you know i i went big on him last year man i'm, I'm feel like i'm holding something because he he missed a lot of time last year and it looks like going into camp i wouldn't expect him to be participating in camp right away anyway i think he'll start the second or third week of camp so not being with the new oc isn't going to do him any favors either so there's that part marquez callaway ends up following his coach to the Broncos. So do we think that there's going to be an immediate role for Callaway being that he knows the offense? Whose role does he take if there is an immediate role for him? There would be an immediate role if one of these trades go down. Uh, I mean, that's pretty much what uh, that's it. If Sutton is traded, it's immediate role. If Sutton stays, it's not. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Payton did say last week, people like to lie, but he said that he doesn't know where the rumor came from, but Sutton or Judy's right. going anywhere, but this is the second go around that these rumors have come. Right. So it's coming from somebody in your camp. Man, how, that many times, how many times have we seen somebody say, oh, no, we're not looking to trade this guy. We love this guy. Then, you know what I mean? So that's just talk. You know, they always try to keep things quiet. Someone always spills the beans and leak the information and hit Adam Schefter or somebody up, let them know what's going on. So that's just all it is. He's just trying to let people know that they're secure. But there's too many teams negotiating for Judy with Judy right now. Every day is somebody still going over pick compensation for him. So, again, I think if one of these guys will move, it'll be an immediate thing. But if not, then he'll just be a backup. So in consecutive weeks, Cleveland has picked up wide receivers. They picked up Elijah Moore, and now they've picked up Marquise Goodwin. Now, I'm thinking Goodwin may be more of a special teams guy. He caught like 30 passes or something like that with the Seahawks, just close to 400 yards, something like that. But they're continuing to pull in veteran wide receivers. How do we see this wide receiver room kind of shaking out for Cleveland? And is Godwin anything more than a special teams guy? Is is, is he taking over maybe Schwartz spot, who was kind of like the speedy guy that they got in there for certain you know trick plays or if they were just trying to go down the field and blow the top off of a defense? What do we have going on here? So it's, I think it's going to be really interesting with this one. I think, honestly, it's just a veteran presence. You look at they just had spent um, a lot of investment with David Bell, who played really well. Again, to your point that you bring over Elijah Moore, you have someone like Schwartz who costs you next to nothing, pretty much a ham sandwich. I think this is a great addition collectively because going back this time with Seattle, when we needed a good play, a good conversion, a good first down, this guy had still the skill set on, on most occasions because obviously we had Lockett and Metcalf to go ahead and get that first down. He still has a lot of, in the tank as far as speed. I just think this is an added, added uh, weapon. I think, honestly, for Watson in general, just the fact that they went and got someone like an Elijah Moore, that's the, really the, fo- the focus point for me because talk about a star-studded three-watt receiver group between him, DPJ, and Amari Cooper. I don't know. I don't think we're going to be seeing the, the same, you know, Browns from before that's going to be he- run heavy, especially with Kareem Hunt unofficially not coming back to the team. Nelson Aguilar is now a Baltimore Raven. This was their big pickup for whoever their quarterback is going to be. And honestly, about the time that they sound Nelson Aguilar is about the time that Lamar Jackson started becoming vocal about the fact that he asked for a trade weeks ago and he ain't really trying to deal with the front office no more and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know if that was coincidental, um, but the Ravens still don't have much in the wide receiver room at all. Yeah, they got a lot going on right now. That's going to be interesting to see how that all works out. Jamison Crowder is now a giant. So they have like three slot receivers and no outside receivers at this point. Or am I tripping? Because Wendell is a slot receiver, I believe. Crowder is definitely a slot receiver. They still have, who else? They got Slayton. Slayton, he's a slot receiver, right? Oh, no, sleep on outside. He's outside? I'm trying to mm-hmm. think because I know they had – they picked up somebody else too. They got um, – they picked up uh, 
Well, I don't know about slot, but they did pick up uh, Paris Campbell. Yeah, Paris Campbell. He's a slot receiver. So it's like they're trying to make sure that no matter what happens, they have a slot receiver. I, I haven't seen Paris Campbell play on the outside successfully. He, he tends to get hurt. Every time he, he he'll get past the defender, and then by the time he hits the ground going up for the ball, he he don't get back up no more. Um, Isaiah Hodgins <laughs> seems to be like the only bright spot, but not a big name. So Hodges may actually be in for a and they still have Sterling Shepard, I believe, role. right? Is he still there? Uh, I think Shepard they cut, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Shepard they cut. He's a free agent right now. I thought they had re-signed him or something like that. Oh, you know what? Maybe they did. He, yeah, he's still on their um, depth chart. So they, they cut him and re-signed him. So he's behind Isaiah Hodgins on the depth charts. They just got a bunch of guys. They they still haven't really helped themselves as bunch far of as wide receivers too. are concerned. There's a lot of short Second. guys. A lot of little guys. Like no yeah. big, you know, big, tall guys. A lot of 5'10", under type guys. Maybe they look for their you know big guy in the draft. Or maybe they're one of the teams that may be behind closed doors looking at bringing in um, somebody like Hop, a guy that really isn't in the news, but I just kind of want to know how y'all feel about him at this point. Will Fuller, is he a guy worth stashing at this point as far as Dynasty is concerned? Do we know if he's ever going to come back to play football? I haven't heard his name in forever. I think he's only like 26, 27, something like that. Twenty. I just He's 28. Okay, yep. so I, I just knew he was going to end up in Cleveland with Watson, but they definitely go in a different direction. Is Will Fuller ever going to play in the NFL again? Is he just trying to get healthy right now? Is he likely to be one of those guys that's an after-the-draft type of a guy? But Or over than anything, is he worth stashing in Dynasty at this point, or do you just kind of cut bait? I think if you have the space, you know, a few spots, roster spots, definitely. I mean, he's still a guy that can get vertical. Um, you know, his last good showing was for a full season. We He's shown that he's still able to do that. And let's face it, I mean, this league, they're willing to pay for that. That's why guys like Deshaun Jackson still gets contracts. Which confuses me why he don't have a job. Or even not even going I, places to, you know, get on the field to try to show that he, you know, I haven't heard be, anything about him. I heard a few teams been monitoring to him. I think he's just waiting to see where the chips fall. Now, a lot of these veterans want to see where all the chips fall and then make the decision on where they may go after that. But I mean, his injury wasn't even serious. I think it was like a finger. So it wasn't right. like. And then he know, was out for, for the uh, a year. Like, <laughs> I think the finger is what had him out at that moment. But he mm-hmm. had some, you know, lower extremity injuries that were kind of reoccurring. Yeah. It's been a while since he played that. I mean, actually, like. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's been, been about two minute. years. He played that one, two games, maybe. But it's been about full two years almost. Maybe he just wanted to, you know, get healthy. You never know what guys going through off the field, things of that nature. But if he's still in shape, why not? It's one of those things. If you have a roster spot, you just hold him. Why not grab him and hold him? And if nothing, just, just drop him. Now, with that being said, you have a roster spot until these rookies go where they're going. Do you still hold on to them when you have rookies available? Now, obviously, some like Dynasty Leagues and stuff like that, some of them will have taxi squads and things of that nature where you can kind of stash your rookies. But would you forego betting on, on a, a young wide receiver who, you know, made it through the draft? Nobody drafted him, but you kind of had your eye on him throughout the process. Do you drop Fuller at that point or is he still someone that you hold the roster spot for? If you do have the taxi, take full advantage of it. This is what Fuller thing is not going to, you're not going to have an answer by draft time so when you do get these guys out of the draft i mean it's kind of gonna be closer to the season so you may have to hold fuller closer to the start of the season and see if you hear anything then at that point make the move and then you know insert the guy from the Texas squad that you want to play. So you just have to really play with your your, your your roster a little bit. If you don't have taxi available, just go ahead and, and stash your, you know, your rookies, man. Don't even play with it. You know what I mean? But <laughs> if you do have a taxi, just take full advantage of it and stash your rookies over there and then maybe wait to hear something. Yeah, I think with Will Fuller, I think his potential is what, what keeps him a constant name at, towards the end of the year, every year. But then when you look at the injuries in general, like talk about somebody had to overcome adversity. Steadily, these guys had to come back from some really devastating injuries. Not speaking for the hand, but like you said, a lot of those injuries are in the in the lower extremities. A lot of them favoring the right leg. He's had several injuries there, hamstrings, of course. I got actually the whole injury report. Like 
I got the whole thing here. And it just doesn't really look good. But to our point, we all know Wounds healthy. Um, we've seen him be one of the higher regarded receivers. I think like to Vanderpoint, if it's not going to cost you nothing from now to, to September or now to August, why not? Because then the day, you know, it's a spot. But if you don't need it, you know, or you already have people in taxi and everything else, hold on to them. Like, who knows? You know, we've seen him synonymous with, you know, the, the Browns already. And you would really think he'll highly go to the Browns because of the relationship with Watson. For him not to be at Cleveland or, like you said, not even trying to work out or, you know, anything like that. Shoot, if Cam Newton can go to Auburn Pro Day, why can't he go to uh, Notre Dame Pro Day, which was today or I think yesterday? To round it out, tight end, we have Irv Smith Jr., who's now a Bengal. I think this is an underrated signing unless they get another tight end. Irv Smith, actually, he's he's a very talented pass catcher. He just didn't seem to catch a break with the Vikings as far as injury was concerned. I think he's a better pass catcher, not as good as a blocker as Hayden Hurst. But I think he could be a little bit more involved in the offense than Hayden Hurst was. Um, Joe, I know this is one of the guys that you've kind of paid close attention to. How do you like this landing spot for him? And barring injury, of course, how do you think this can kind of work out for him? I don't want to put the yards to it, but we can. this could definitely be a, re- a rejuvenation like a Evan Ingram. This kid was uh, really well on his way following up with a, a prior injury season a slash breakout the year prior and was on pace in training camp to really, you know, set the league ablaze from what, you know, other teammates and even Kirk Cousins was going out to say at the time. I think it's an opportunity for him to go somewhere and be heavily used as a threat. We've seen Uzama. We've seen Hayden Hurst. These are blockers. But Irv Smith's skill set is, is more, you know, down the scene. He's more of a big player kind of guy you know even his uh average depth of target you know is well over eight yards uh, which you'll love to see in a tight end considering i think this is the right offense yeah i think i think it's a evan ingram type of type of upside but then again we got to kind of wait and see you've got to temper expectations see if how healthy he can be we know what happens once you know people get the injury bug how long will it last durability is a thing and then with a lot of uh the tight end talk being heavily pertaining to draft it's one of the things if, if he if they get out of April not drafted the guy and particularly one of the guys I think that's Again, I think it's Evan Ingram. And that pretty much wraps up your news. Is there anything else that you guys could think of that happened over the week that I have not? One thing I would say, you know, there's been two bids on the Washington Commanders. Oh, yeah. Um, that's right. So that's maybe something to pay attention to. It's not real big news, but you do have uh, being out of Canada with a group. I think Major Johnson's a part of the situation as well. A couple guys. But uh, hey. Is he with that, the, with that guy or with another group? I'm not sure if he's with that guy or not. He's, he's involved in some shape. Before this actually like two bids on the table, right? Yeah, I saw that. I think six billion, and that's a lot. Price. That's a lot for the commanders. Yes, yeah, a whole lot. I think they said the Dallas Cowboys are worth like eight billion, so that, that's a little bit closer to that Dallas Cowboy number than I thought the commanders team would be. That kind of gives you an idea of what the NFL in general, um, what the current valuation is. So, knowing the coming weeks, how that's going to work out, but it looks like that's going to happen this offseason. We'll see how that goes. Let's go ahead and wrap up your news and fix the AFC South. All right, so AFC South, we have the Houston Texans, the Indianapolis Colts, Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Tennessee Titans. Bro Joe is going to be fixing the Titans and the Jags, and Young Vander is going to be fixing Houston and Indy. We're going to go ahead and start this thing out with the Houston Texans. All right, here we go. The Houston Texans are on the board. You know, we, we kind of, I want to say delayed on it, but these guys already had made some moves already uh, that we've seen all season. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, More than most, actually. Yeah, yeah. We, we definitely see them bring in, um, we spoke on a running back, Singletary, the defensive back, Jimmy Ward, defensive lineman, Hassan Ridgeway is there. We've seen addition of Noah Brown or Robert Woods. Um, the Texans also traded for guards um, Shaq Mason, who's been around for a while now. Uh, but the main thing, you know, everybody's thinking about is this quarterback situation. They're the number two pick, and who's going to be available? Is it going to be Stroud? Is it going to be Young? Because they're going to take either one, whoever's left over, I'm sure. Uh, but me, I see it a little different, especially with them having also a 12th pick in this draft. Looking at the roster, this team needs a wide receiver really bad. 
there's not any really good veterans out here I would want to fit on this team. I'm not really interested in Odell. D-Hop is not coming back. Um, nah. So, of course, and this <laughs> is actually a really good wide receiver draft. So they don't really have to – a lot of mock drafts have them taking a guy like Quentin Johnson. But I, I think that's not a good move. I think this this why this draft is so deep at wide receiver, and you can get some really good gems in the second round. And I think they should wait and grab one of those guys. But that being said, if you need a quarterback, just get the best quarterback available, which is Lamar Jackson. I don't see the Facts. holdup. You got two Facts. first round picks, right? Give one of them up. Actually, what I would do, I would hold up more picks, right? You have the second pick in the draft. Trade back, right, and grab another one. Take the other, whoever spot that you, you know, um, who want to come up. Maybe the Colts want to come up to number two. Uh, maybe Seattle. That's another team that that's possibly looking forward to go younger at quarterback at the Geno. Um, one of these guys may want to come up to number two and get Stroud or get Young. Trade back. I can see. Absolutely. I can see that for sure. Yeah. Take that fifth pick from Seattle or take that fourth pick from the Colts or whoever. Grab an additional pick and then take that and say, hey, Ravens, here you go. And you know Knock what, though? <laughs> if I move back to five or something like that, I may even move back again from five, maybe the eight or nine. I just want to be high enough that I can get the best wide receiver on the board and yeah. and get as many picks as possible. And, and, and at then the same I time, have you get your quarterback get, of the future. Exactly. Because Lamar is going to be available during the draft. Once I make that move, right. now I have – I'm not even giving up a first because have, I'll have, what, three, four – they have 11 picks in this draft, by the way. I will go before I will keep, making any moves. I will keep going back. I will just keep falling back. Give another additional first. Cool. Like Seattle or, or the Colts. If you want to come with the two, give me your pick this year and give me one for next year. Yep. Right. Yep. And then if I want to remember come to 12, the GM there now, the uh, guy that's overall in charge used to be a Patriot. The way of kind of playing that draft, you know, it's, it's kind yeah. of in him. He's done it before. Yeah, go get your quarterback with other people's picks, basically. Instead, at the same time, gather more picks to fill out this team because the team go, it needs some work. The offensive line definitely needs some work. Um, they, they did went out there and fix some of the holes in the secondary. And um, and they, they still need some linebackers as well. But the best <laughs> wide receiver on the board would probably go late first, early second. But it's not – and JSN, I love JSN, so he's up there as well, but – Quentin, don't don't take these guys, man. The Addisons and all that. Just trade back again at twelve, gather some more picks, and then you can go get the wide receiver you want and stuff like that. But that's pretty much what I'll do with this team, and then take the rest of the, the uh, picks I got and, and work on this offensive line. I mean, they have a pretty decent defensive um, defensive line. You do have a defensive minded coach coming in, so he's gonna want to get some of his guys in there. They already went and got the, the running back they needed. It's not really much else left to do. I mean, the quarterback is the main the main thing that is needed. The other reason why it makes so much sense for Lamar Jackson to go to a team like a Houston, there aren't very many free agents that is going to have Houston high on their list. You're going to have the money to spend because it ain't like it's going to be a whole bunch of people that you you're going to have to spend high. Right. That's what look I'm at, saying. I mean, like, look at this team. You have rookies and then the guys that are there now. You don't have anybody that you got to. So why not spend the money on the QB now? Yeah, but looking at this roster, right? They have nobody. There's no big stud. This nah. guy's killing the the uh, salary cap guy on the team. J.J. Watt is gone. Clowney is not there. Hopkins gone. Watson gone. Tons of like all the guys that usually take up money. No one's there. Ward might be one of their highest paid now, and he just came in cornerback. Yeah, but Jimmy, he and he, he ain't killing. Not, the, he nah, ain't killing he, the, nah. Nah, that's what I'm saying. They got the money. It makes sense. Yeah, you got the so, picks and the money. If it don't make sense for nobody else, it makes sense. Right. So that's what so. I would do with this team, like that, and that would at least. It's not going to win the Super Bowl, but it definitely make you relevant. Know, I mean, for sure. And that's all you also, want. you know that Lamar can take a lackluster team. We've seen what he's done when Baltimore's entire roster is hurt. He still won. You need that in Houston. He will manufacture the wins for you that will bring in the free agents. And then when you then when he's able to show that in a different system, he's wide receiver, a lot more wide receiver friendly. Hey, and then one of his favorite targets, you got Dalton Schultz, a tight end there sitting waiting on. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's a beautiful marriage. You got John Meachie, not sure is he gonna come back full strength next year, but that's looking up. Hopefully he can. You have a good like blocking you said, the draft. You can I get love the good blocking wide receiver Robert Woods. He does that extremely yeah. well. That's what I would do, me personally. But use those picks, go get Lamar. You got the quarterback of the future and go from there. Joe, 
Who you going with first, the Titans or the Jags? Well, we're going to go to the Titans right Bet. now. That's what I like about this part. This part of us doing the show is that the groceries are already pretty much dead. Titans did a, a really good job really rounding out the defensive side of the ball. I like some of the additions they made there. Offense, we already know that that's been a weakness. So right off the bat, man, uh, of course, you know, to save us some time, we know I like to do a lot of restructures to to open up some money. There's plenty of room with Tannehill, uh, Jeffrey uh, Simmons, and actually quite a few other players that they can restructure. But we're going to go and just swing for somebody who we just mentioned inadvertently. But our, we're going to go for DeAndre Hopkins or Beckham. I think this is a team, obviously, you still got Burks. I think Burks is still a good wide receiver. But let's go, let's make this a competition. Let's actually compete in this division. Makes sense. I like that a lot. I can pay for Beckham. Beckham, you want $8 million? You want more than $4 million? Okay, I can give you more than $4 million. Come on, let's do this. So I think getting a player, whether we trade for DeAndre or we go and get a Beckham, that's number one. What's weird is that we have a player like Miles Jack available at linebacker. Give me this guy already ASAP. They already did a good job, like I said, with the outside linebackers and everything else. Give me a guy like Miles Jack, and then I'm going to head towards the draft. And let me just point out, too, they got bunting from Tampa Bay, which I think it fits their scheme. I think that was a really good signing. I like that they got Dillard at tackle. Um, And then Arden Key was a a guy who made a lot of money just off of productivity. But looking at the draft and looking at 11, and this is not me. Well, I'm the GM, so this is me. I'm going to follow... (laughs) I'm going to follow in the mistakes that they always tend to make. Mm-mm. So they, I think Vince Young was pretty good. We all know Vince Young did. They went out and got Locker. They got Malik Willis. Now, in this situation, we're going to go ahead and we're going to go ahead and get Levis from Kentucky. Okay. Okay. I, I, look, I thought you were going to say we're going to trade for Trey Lance. <laughs> I thought that, that's, that's the road I thought you were about to travel down. Now, 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 look, but look, I think honestly, because you said that it is a it is a door that I'm gonna have to talk to the 49ers about because even though it's a cap hit of 20 million, are they really gonna miss that 20 million in the cap hit this year? Their team is already solidified, they're already good to go. I could talk to them, but in this case, I'm gonna take uh, <laughs> I'm gonna take Levis with this one. I think again, this is just to me, it's just like a gut feel. I think um, for what they like to do with the offense, again, Tannehill's still going to be the guy. Cause this, this is not one of those act like these guys that's plug and play. No, he's a, he's a project. He, he's a, he has the upside to be a Josh Allen, or he could be just a, somebody, as you said, a Jake Locker type of guy. But you love that he's already familiar with NFL com, uh, concepts. We've seen what he's done in, in college, but he just needs to refine it. Similar to a Tannehill and his success he's, he's had in, in the uh, NFL of late. I think that would just really help out the team. And just looking here, all the other needs I had, I thought we should also get in the second round because we got um, another pick in the second. I want us to go get a Nathaniel Dell, get a Parker Washington. I know, you know, again, even if we go get uh, Beckham, we got Burks, we got, you know, another decent receiver there. Let's tie this in a bow. Let's go get one or more explosive between these two, one of the better slot players uh, between both Nathaniel Dell and Parker, I actually like – see, I can't even pick it out of the two because they're so good. But it brings us a, a slot presence, an explosive player, a dynamic we can have to go with a, a Chig over there as well, too, just a name that – who can fall asleep at that name? I think a Nathaniel Dell or Parker Washington on top of a Beckham really is going to help this offense because we got Derrick Henry. We got everything else. The defense is formidable. But that's what we're going to do here with the Titans. I think this is going to help us really for the future – and we're going to give Tannehill one more year, man. One more one more year. Xander, hit us up with Indy. The Indianapolis Colts I need a few things. And, of course, the one thing everybody talk about, the one thing that don't grow on trees, right, the quarterback situation. So with that quarterback situation, you go with the guy, Anthony Richardson. I mean, the Colts here, I mean, okay. um, Shane, is it, how do you pronounce his last name? Stetchin? So let's say Stetchin, right? This guy helped Jalen Hurts. Fulfill his potential, right? In the past couple of seasons in Philadelphia. So who has the same type of upside as him? Anthony Richardson. 
I mean, this is a freak of an athlete. He kind of fits that mold. He's more Jalen Hurst than anybody else. So this is the type of quarterback he's probably accustomed to. So I would actually draft Anthony Richardson with that first round pick. You get that quarterback that you can groom. I'm not sure if he'll start right away. They did bring in Gardner Mitchell, someone who knows the system. Maybe he started the season off and then maybe about week four to six, you see Anthony Richardson come in and take it home from there. Also on this team, wide receivers really needed. I know they have guys like Pierce. They got guys like Pittman. Pick up the guy Isaiah McKenzie to put him in the slot. But I really want to see them get a a, a, a really a veteran presence. And I like a D-hop on this team as well. Put uh, Pittman and Hopkins out there then? And- yes, sir. Sir, yes, sir. <laughs> that sounds good to me. Two big body receivers. <laughs> you got a guy, which, you know what I'm saying? That kind of like that A.J. Brownish. You kind of like replicating the Eagles in a way. You get the two big guys out there, even though, you know, Devonta, he, Devonta, he's not big, but you get the two big receivers out there. You got the quarterback now. Um, They did lose Stephon Gilmore in free agency. I would draft a, a corner in the second round. There's a lot of good corners in this, uh, this draft. You're going to see some guys like maybe even a Cam Smith maybe fall to the second round. He can go late first, but he also can fall to the second. Cam Smith out of South Carolina. This is a really deep draft at corner. They can fill that spot. You still have Jonathan Taylor in the fold. Again, I think he would benefit from having a freakish athlete, that quarterback like a Richardson, who also can run, which is going to open up more holes. Also keep defenses honest. Shaq Leonard's coming back. Hopefully he'll be healthy this year. Their defense line is already pretty deep. The offensive line, now this is the tricky part. I would also draft them offensive linemen, but this it's, it's just a weird situation because we've seen this team go from two years ago, the best offensive line in football, to the worst. And I'm trying to figure out what Without happened. Without much difference in personnel. And that right. was, you know what I'm saying? So, did, did, did the, uh, the O-line coach change, do you know? I, they must have lost a tackle or something because, I mean, center and the guard remain the same. Those are like the two best players on the team um, on offensive line, you know, and Quentin Nelson and my boy Ryan Kelly. So those guys are solidified. I think that the tackles or something, I don't know what it was. I'm not sure if it's an offensive line coach, that was, but they just went first to worst. So I think that, you know, with the coach coming in now, that would be fixed. Coming from a situation in Philly where they had the best office line of football you'd be able to you know get that fixed but that's pretty much it with this team the secondary is pretty solid you still got kenny moore back there you got leaders at linebacker like i say for Shaq and zaire franklin that's it i'm okay with mo ellie cox at the tight end so really just draft the quarterback replace gilmore the secondary bring in the wide receiver and, and then you know spend the rest of your picks on the office line and i think the team be all right and to round it out for our afc south fantasy fix joe go ahead and hit us up with the jacks talk about a team already ready to go literally i, I look at the roster honestly top to bottom they do you know have a few holes to fill on defense but those are minuscule so really can just touching on that on free agency with who's still available. Looking at the safety position, I think a, a player who I'm surprised still is out there, Adrian Amos, who obviously played for the Packers, pro bowler there, went to the uh, the Bears, did went really well there. I think he's definitely one of those guys that should add to solidify that defense. And then looking at one of those defensive linemen, Matthew Ioannidis or Leonidas from the Redskins, another 3-4 defensive end kind of guy uh, with this transition that they're making to, on that side of ball to the 3-4. I think that presence is really going to help them get what they need to get done. Again, not having to dress much on offense. So look, I got, I got the easiest job where I can just go to the draft. Now, I don't think at pick 24, this cornerback is going to be there. But seeing as though they have uh, five picks, you know, the top 127, well, the top one, let's say 130, I'm going to have to go and, you know, from where I'm at, I might have to go to 20. I might have to go to 18. But I want to get a kid like uh, Joey Porter Jr., I think that'd be a really good addition to the the cornerback group. I think they need to to get a stud there at that position. I think Joey Porter Jr. would be great. And then going into the second round, I got to touch on that one. At pick 56, I think this is a toss-up of who might be available. There might be a case where Jordan Battle or Antonio Johnson, and all three, you know, between Battle, Johnson, and uh, Branch, it's still a toss-up who's going to be the top safety. Either one of those kids is really going to stand out to me on fortifying that defense. They could have a legion of boom if they was able to get a a solidified corner and then get either one of those safeties in addition to, like, an Adrian Amos. You know, they can really play to the strength of the defense and with the pass rush that they have available um win some games so again i had this super easy the, the meal was prepared this was for the main mignon as far as the team put together so i just want to do those things to improve the team and that wraps up fixing the afc south let's go ahead and go into tales from a dynasty <laughs> All 
All right, Fantasy Fiends, this is going to be a topic that I really don't hear many other shows speak on, but it's very important in the scheme of things. One of the things that I always take notice of is literally just what are people saying about players. In many cases, someone may be talking down about a team or a player that they have, letting you know that their value, although you think it may be a little higher, they think that the guy is expendable or something as simple as the icon that they choose um if it happens to be a specific team or the name that they choose if it happens to have a particular player or team in it um there, there's several things that you can kind of look at to help you determine where someone values certain players certain teams or in some cases certain situations um they're always talking about running backs always talking about wide receivers whatever the case may be take people at their word see what teams that they're favorites uh, who, who they're favorites of like i'm a buckeye fan so in most cases we'll pay a little bit more if it's a buckeye that i want so just things like that that you can capitalize on and get incremental increases as far as your teams are concerned um joe what's your tip for how to maximize the chat I think honestly, um, and this is honestly uh, something that I'm sure Vander can allude to, just make a necessity. I think sometimes the best thing that you can do is to, you know, establish a market, to establish, you know, what it is that just your agenda, whatever your trade strategy. Not every time you're going to nail the draft. Say, for example, you're sitting on a player like any big name. Let's just say like a Justin Jefferson. Not, I'm not saying anybody would necessarily trade him or anything like that, but just throw out a name to be relatively quick. We already know what this person did. We already know that, you know, he's the top receiver in the game. See what's out there. What's what's available. What somebody's willing to offer you. Sometimes it's good to exploit what the news is saying about a player, you know, or what analytics say about a player or you know, the fact that they went to a certain destination, we got to kind of feed into that to kind of move the ladder as to why somebody needs to get someone right this second, right now. Because I think that's the difference when you kind of wait for somebody to come after a player or somebody to be interested in your player. You can be adding value to that player. So the time they come to you, you just put out there like, well, this is how many yards per catch you got. This is why he's the top of this category statistically or whatever it is. So when they come to you, the value is already, already set. The precipice is already set. And then sometimes, too, people be shocked to who, who they think is available. You get one of these big name players and they, they might want to overspend, you know, because that is a big name player. So just be one of those people that's out there adding value, you know, throwing these names out there, you know, trying to see what's out there. It, it don't hurt you at all to kind of set those expectations, kind of set that uh, market for yourself, because we already know, especially in Dynasty, it's a season, you know, you, you got it in the beginning, you got it after the rookie draft, and then it's that big, long gap is, you know, to the unknown. And this is when you could be having, utilizing your strategy of how you want to procure other talent, better players. So shoot, mark, you know, market your players, big them up, you know, see what you can get for them and always, you know, be looking for the next move. I love it. So point one, pay attention. Point two, advertise. What you got for them, Vander? To kind of, you know, piggyback on some of the things you've been saying is, you know, selling the news, selling the rumors in your chat. When things come out, this guy's speaking to this team, this guy's talking to this team, this guy's interested in this team. Sometimes you can sell your players off news alone. And a lot of times those players and that news really may not come true. But you, was, <laughs> but you was able to capitalize off of it before it actually happened. So it's like one of those people, you kind of want to be a foreseer a lot of these things, a lot of these situations. And then also you have guys that's not in the news. They haven't been talked about. Maybe a guy like a throw a running back out there. Maybe like a like a like a Kareem Hunt. You haven't heard anything. There's been no news on. So that can go both ways. You can maybe this would be a good a good candidate to buy because he's not being talked about. So maybe the Kareem Hunt on a the Kareem Hunt owner would be more inclined to sell. At the same time, you, you know, no news could be good news. No news could be bad news. It go both ways. You got to know how really like. You know how you spin it, basically. Yeah, you can see the potential in that. So even though they're talking about them, you can try to be a step ahead. So it goes both ways. You know what I'm saying? You can use it as nobody's talking about them, nobody's paying attention. Or you want to be a step ahead before the news gets out. Because once it gets out, it's going to be gone. I've seen, I seen this thing. I'm going to give you an example. I've seen this thing backfiring a few guys' faces. Maybe like the Devin Singletary, right? We see him being a free agent. A lot of people thought he was going to maybe get his own car. Uh, a lot of people thought Saquon may go somewhere and he may go to New York. You know, things like that. Everybody thought James Cook was going to have his own car. But none of these guys ended up getting their own car. The Bills brought in Damian Harris and Singletary went to the Texans where they already have a running back in the Wings and Pierce. 
the, the way I say to also utilize the chat, be the guy that doesn't say anything. Because when you're the guy that doesn't talk at all, people really want to know what you're thinking. Be present. I don't say you, you definitely be present. Make your presence known. You know, decline trades if, they, if you don't like them. But not saying nothing, being the guy behind the curtain can also work in your advantage because people want to see that one guy make a move. And a lot of times people sell their soul or give you way too much because they negotiate with themselves at this point and they end up giving you more than you wanted, you know, <laughs> for a trade and you end up setting because you were so quiet and you're negotiating tactic. So I also seen the guy playing quiet also be a winner when it comes to making moves because the guy that usually talk a lot and more active, he makes himself known and people are aware of him. And at that point, it's harder for him to get a trade sometimes because I hear him all the time. I see him all the time. I see him make moves. Therefore, he, nah, stay away from him. You may look like a shark. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean it's just, just true. You know I'm what I'm saying? attacked is all I'm going to say. I mean, right. no, but it's, I'm speaking about myself, you know what I'm saying as well. Like when you have an interest in a certain guy, the first thing I always get is, hmm, but why, why do you want him? Yeah. Yep. This guy. I can, I can go sign Drew Brees right now and somebody's going to go lurk and see what the hell's going on. Oh shit. What happened? Drew Brees? What the, something happened? Because I did it. It ain't the person name. You didn't see Drew Brees playing a year or so, but being that I did it first, somebody's going to say, Hey, something's happened. I see Vander, Vander Sano, he knows something. So sometimes that thing backfires in your face. But being the guy that moves quiet, don't say anything, don't communicate, don't say nothing in the chat, a lot of times you can see him make really good trades because these people want to make a move. And he's the only guy to make a move with because everybody else, they look at his sharks. But you could be the shark in, you know, in, in, in sheep clothing. So that's pretty much what it boils down to. So sometimes you might want to be the guy that don't say anything. Be active in your group, in your league. You know what I'm saying? Don't let trade sit or nothing like that. But like my grandma say, walk quiet and carry a big stick. You know what I mean? And that's pretty much what it boils down to. That guy usually wins as well. So it goes both ways. And that pretty much wraps it up for this week. Next week, we'll be starting a new series. Make sure that you tune in. But for today, we out.